What's going on, world? My name is Joy Walker, better known as Coach J, and I am the host of the Sets for Life podcast. But right now, you are tuned into the Why Not Sports Archives with your boy D Murph. Let's go. <laughs> And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D-Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, everybody? This the big homie D-Murph with another edition, a bonus edition. Of why not sports with yours truly World listeners Just my, my, my family, my friends I'm finally glad and honored Well overdue to introduce the man That helped me go through some things That to this day is why the brand is where it's at So let me backtrack so for those who heard Love You Pops Part 1 And even before then But Love You Pops Part 1 Which is one of the spotlighted Episodes For Why Not Sports There was a time when A pastor Even with everything I was going through Told me Hey is there somebody You need to forgive and I have that man here, pastor, husband, father, friend, entrepreneur, someone that continues to pour in my life, world, I have pastor Cornelius T. Winchester, but I call him Pastor Corn, even <laughs> though he go by Pastor Neil. But hey, that makes me special because I'm probably – a handful of people that call him Pastor Corn, but Pastor, welcome to Why Not Sports. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. What's going on, man? D. Murph, thank you so much for having me. It's my <laughs> pleasure, certainly, to be on the show. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, like I was saying earlier in the intro, how when you came into my life, it was 2009, 2010. Right. I just lost my granny. I was going through a transition with Ava's mom, and how we linked up was via uh, TV. Basically, I saw you you preach. I saw your sermon, and Lord knows that I was like, man, I need somebody. I need to go to church first of all, yeah. and then yeah. I need to find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close And how ironic Literally you was 10 minutes Maybe 5 minutes away from the house Yeah definitely When uh, we started the church We started uh, broadcasting our sermons Our, our services on uh, The public access channel And mm -hmm. you know you, you don't know how many people are watching Public access channel and all But 
you never know how God's going to use it. So we, we put it out there, and, and lo and behold, uh, you found it or it found you <laughs> just at the right time. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, uh, God used it to uh, bring us together. I'm so glad he did. Yes, sir. And we're, I didn't pay him to say that. And it's interesting <laughs> because still eight years later, seven to eight years later, we're yeah. still getting stronger and, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. And I just want to do a timeline to just tell my part of the story before I start asking you questions, Pastor. Because the world, they want to know, like, Merv, how do you link up with these great people? And, Merv, <laughs> you know so many people how you do it. But yeah. each person in my life has had a huge impact in some uh, way, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. And not only did I go to your church, though, you it was on your birthday which it was is on my same, birthday yeah yeah they yep. uh they were uh taking me out to, to lunch after, yep. after service and so since you uh came out for a visit to the church we decided to take you out to lunch as well crazy so yeah. what did you see in me though to where you like you know what i understand the godly you know godliness <laughs> in you but you didn't have to invite me to go with the family you didn't have to invite me and Ava at that time into your home and treat me like a you know a family so what was it about me that decided to have you reach out and open up to me like you did though well I think it was it was you reaching out first when you first uh saw the broadcast on the on the tv you decided uh to give us a call you know just to thank us for uh, our service, thank us for putting it out there because it really helped you a lot. It resonated with you, and so because you were already willing to reach out to us and encourage me in my ministry, uh, letting me know that I am doing some good, I am reaching people. Uh, I think right there, there was there was a connection already, mm. and so when you came into the church uh, after that, you know I felt we had already you know built some type of relationship, even though we had only spoken one time, and so. Gotcha. I always like to just keep that going and, and see see what's out there, see how it sticks. And so we decided to go ahead and uh, make you part of the family day one. <laughs> exactly, literally day one, day yeah. one. And, and, and again, I, I know I didn't take that lightly because he is a pastor of a church, which we will get to very, very soon. And sure. he has people that comes in the church. He has his own family and friends, and I'm sure he don't treat them the way he treated me and again i know he's a pastor and the godliness in him supposed to love all but any man or any husband ain't gonna let another man yeah i said ain't gonna let another man around his family period right you know you're right you got to be careful about that because you know you get all kinds of people all walks of life that come through your church and that's what you want that's what the church is there for but at the same time you're right you got to be careful about opening up and, and being vulnerable, uh, especially with your family. You know, uh, myself personally, you know, I think I could, uh, you know, take anything. And if anybody tried to do something or whatever, I think I could handle myself okay. But when you bring <laughs> when you bring people around your family, your kids, your wife, and all, yeah, you you tend to want to make sure everything's on the up and up and all. But but like I said, for some reason, we just. We just felt a connection, uh, you know, a kindred spirit, and uh, uh, I felt that uh, everything would be cool with that. And, and I and I thank you 
sincerely, yeah. and I'm just glad. We've had conversations before, and I tell you that even if it wasn't recorded. Man, yeah. I, I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you even to this day. And also, world, Pastor Corn is on the flagrant, too, which we go in more depth. So my list is like, oh, Murph, man, I can't wait to hear that. You know, man, I need to go check it out now. So that's my other platform where me and Pastor really got in more depth. So, Pastor. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to talk about you and your athletic days and your athletic moments, coaching, playing the sport, All and right. how it's impact you and your family before we go into the pastoral questions. All right. So when did you start playing sports? So uh, I grew up like like most kids playing, you know, little league baseball, soccer, things like that. But, you know, I had a love for football. And at the time, you know, uh, my mother didn't, didn't want us playing. She thought it was a, a rough time. <laughs> Hi, <sport>. mother. <laughs> so and this was, of course, you know, 25 years ago, uh, uh, 30 years ago, I'm trying to play uh, uh, Pop Warner. And uh, so finally, after begging and pleading about the f fifth grade, I think, is when I first started playing football. And uh, I, I, of course, picked it up again when I got into middle school and uh, was able to get around a, a good group of guys that we became really good friends and uh, just went through school together, played football together all the way through high school. And uh, really, I ended up uh, playing against one of my good buddies in college as well. Um, so and so in Kingsville, how, yeah, yeah, go Havelinas. Uh, <laughs> at first, <laughs> I got uh, recruited to go to uh, Tarleton State in Stephenville, uh, right outside of Dallas. Uh, but when I got there, I discovered I, I couldn't play. Uh, I think either my rank in school or SAT scores or something uh, mm. uh, wasn't on point. So I had to sit out that semester. And so uh, it was a good thing for me on my spiritual growth because at that time, it was my first time away from home, you know, about eight hours away from home, mm -hmm. had no friends, no family, no football. So it was just me. And uh, at that time, of course, I'm, I was very introvert at that time. I, I couldn't just <laughs> go out and, and meet meet people, make, make friends. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, just by myself or in my dorm and, um, and I think it was around that time that, you know, God began to deal with me and some things began to reveal himself to me because I didn't have those distractions, you know, like friends and family and football uh, to mm -hmm. get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. So I spent about a semester there and then decided to come back home and went to a community college here in Corpus Christi, uh, Del Mar uh, College, mm -hmm. yep. uh, where I ran into some friends uh, that I used to go uh, to high school with. And they were actually at A&M Kingsville and they were saying yeah we, we were showing uh, the highlight film you know around and some of the coaches got a hold of it they were asking about you Neil I was like, oh really <laughs> 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 so that, 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 that sparked the interest again I was like, maybe, maybe I can go back and, and try this thing again and so I decided to uh, move down to Kingsville and, and try and walk on there and I ended up making the team and uh, you know, it, it was it was a little different playing college ball, obviously. So um, I wasn't a, a big fish in a small pond anymore. So right. um, I played mostly special teams, uh, tried offense first. Then my last two years played on defense, uh, but mostly special teams. But it was a good experience for me. Of course, got to travel, got to play with a lot of great guys that, of course, made it to the NFL. That was 
back in the day when uh, <laughs> A&M Kings were they, they were just, you know, you know uh, putting about, you know, five, six, seven, eight guys in, in the league every yes, year. Yep. So I played with people like, you know, Al Harris and uh, Jermaine Mayberry, you know, guys like that. So I was very fortunate to have that experience, definitely. Good, good, good. Why not sports? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. And after your college days were done, uh-huh. did you still want to play sports, or did you decide that you know what, just it's this calling from God that I, I want to maybe pursue this more before I do sports again? Yeah, man, that's a great question. I, I actually, I'm a PK preacher's kid. So my dad, yeah, man. Yes, <laughs> my dad was a pastor. So, I mean, I, I've known church all my life. I grew up in church and all, but um, God didn't uh, reveal himself personally to me where it was more of a personal relationship as opposed to just being traditional or part of the family or that's just what you do on Sunday. Uh, he became real to me my junior year in college when I was a, uh, uh, back in A&M Kingsville. Uh, so at the time, of course, I was still there playing football. And um, I was invited to this, you know, small little bitty Bible study on campus uh, with about maybe, you know, five or six guys in that in that Bible study. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, you know, the, um, the word of God was presented to me in a way that uh, I never heard before. I'd never been challenged uh, in this way. Even though uh, your dad oh, was yeah. a preacher. Oh yeah. Powerful. Now, 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 don't don't get me wrong. My, my my dad, you know, from what I remember, what I uh, heard, my dad was a powerful preacher, man. I mean, you know, he can preach the paint off the walls, as, as they say. And uh, but unfortunately, he and my mom, you know, they they split up when I was young. Gotcha. Uh, he decided to leave the ministry and, and move back to uh, uh, Mississippi. And so I don't remember a whole lot about him or about his preach. Of course, I remember a, a few. Uh, but I was probably maybe three or four years old uh, when it when he finally uh, left the ministry and all. So I don't remember a whole lot. So gotcha. we bounced, you know, from a couple of churches here and there growing up and settled in one particular church. But I basically went to, you know, your, your traditional, you know, black Baptist church, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, you got the choir, you got the deacons, you got... You know, a lot of screaming, hooping, hollering, and all that. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, but uh, I, I can honestly say I, I don't remember ever being challenged to, gotcha. to be holy, uh, challenged to live a holy and righteous life. And so at the time, it was just about you saying you believe in God, you going to church on Sunday. Didn't really matter how you, how you lived your life or anything like that. So there was never any conviction uh, to live a holy, godly, uh, acceptable, pleasing life in the sight of God. And so when I was invited to, so yeah, I, I, I still live my life the way I want to live it. It was no different uh, from my <laughs> life than my friend's life. That's Other real, Pastor. You know, I, I know. God. Yeah. And then I go, I go to church on Sunday. That was the only difference about my life and my friend's life. But uh, when I got invited to this Bible study, it was like, it was geared toward me. You know, at the time, you know, I didn't feel I was, um, successful in, in my in my sports you know career you know like I said I wasn't the big man on campus anymore right. wasn't getting a bunch of playing time and so you get to points in your life where things aren't on job and they're not clicking you say God you know what's what's going on and so um, 
you know, it was at that point in my life where, like I said, God was already speaking to me, dealing with me on some things. And so when I went to this Bible study, it was like it was geared just for me. Uh, mm -hmm. The passage of scripture uh, was 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 through 10, that starts off by saying, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And it begins to just rattle off, you know, all kinds of sins and and, um, and all these things that I said, man, I, I can raise my hand to the majority of these things here. I mean, right. that, that's my life. I'm doing these things. Could it be that I've been deceived this whole time in the thinking that I was right with God when I when I really wasn't? And that was when God really spoke to me and said, look, I created the world. I created the heavens and the earth. I created you. What makes more sense for me to know what will give you pleasure, give you satisfaction, fulfillment in life or the things of this world? And at the time, I said, God, I, I don't know what this is all about, but I, I'm tired of, of fighting and running uh, away from this. So I give you my life. And it was a matter of fact, it was Super Bowl weekend uh, <laughs> when that happened. Uh, that Friday was the Bible study. That Sunday was the Super Bowl. And I remember uh, going home. Uh, that next night I had a dream about about these girls, you know, coming on to me and all. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. So even Powerful. in my dream, God, God was giving me victory over some of my sin and strongholds that I was struggling with. And then that Sunday I go to church. Of course, I'm excited to go to church. And they have a guest preacher who comes in and he says, well, I'm going to give you part one of this of this sermon. Uh, but if you want to hear part two, you're going to have to come back. And I remember leaving the Super Bowl. I was watching the Super Bowl, and I remember leaving the Super Bowl to go back. That's when they still had, you know, Sunday evening services. Yeah. That's when they had Sunday evening services. So I was like, man, uh, I need to go. I need to go back to church. I need to hear, hear this word. And God had just given me such an insatiable appetite uh, for his word. I mean, it was just something that came alive in me. And that's how I knew it. something was different about me. And, and I've never been the same since. And so to go back to your question, yeah, I was still playing football there. So I still had another year of football uh, at A&M uh, Kingsville, uh, even after getting saved and, and confessing my calling to, to Christ and to the ministry. Uh, so and after I uh, graduated, I came back to Corpus Christi uh, after a couple of years, got a couple of jobs here and there. But that's when I got hired on as a coach at my old high school, at King High School. Mm -hmm. And that's when the, the love for sports, the love being around athletes and athletics uh, kind of sparked another interest in me. So I uh, actually uh, tried out for um, an arena football team here in town and uh, ended up making the team, you know, but I only had one good spurt in me because <laughs> I, got, I got cut. <laughs> I ended up getting cut the third day of practice, but I, I didn't. I didn't mind that at all because I was tired of taking ice baths. And ice <laughs> <That's real. laughs> you know, you know, how, you know how the the mind is still there. You think you can still do it? Yeah, but the physically. Body's like, no, we, we're done, man. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, so I still had that love for it. So I just tried to be around it as much as possible uh, through other means, whether it whether it be uh, coaching or being around other players or even my own kids. I just decided well, that was going to be my, my connection with sports. Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. So, and I usually like to ask former athletes, uh -huh. how did sports or what did sports do for you to how 
to where it carries you to what you're doing today? Yeah, definitely. I, I think sports are, are so important because not only does it teach you about sports, it teach you, teaches you about life, obviously. I mean, there's so many life lessons that you can learn from being an organized sports. You know, uh, like, like one, one man said, the, how the quote goes, you know, sports don't build character. Sports will often reveal character. Mm. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, they, they both are, are true. I, I think you can build some character by being an organized sports because you learn how to be a team player. You learn how to discipline yourself. You learn how to fight through adversity. There's so many things that you can learn by playing sports. But at the same time, not only will it build it, it will also reveal it. It will it will let you know and let others know if you're truly a team player or not, if you're truly disciplined or not, if you will truly work hard and go after what you want or not. So I, I believe sports are important because not only they they build life skills, they build your character, but they will also reveal it to you. You will know where exactly you are and where you stand uh, in life uh, by going through organized sports. And so what you do, obviously, is hopefully you learn those things along the way. Yeah. You begin you begin to apply those same principles in life, whether it be in business, in ministry, in your marriage, in your family, whatever it is, <laughs> you just apply those things. Marriage. Woo-wee. I can't yeah. wait to talk they're, about they're, that. They're looking for, for, the, for, the, for the secret potion. Uh, that Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady is taking to man. be such a success uh, year after year, you know, because you say, man, if I can bottle this stuff, you know, I mean, I, I'd be a billionaire. But right. that's what it is. You know, right. you're learning these things through sports. Right, right. Hashtag why not sports. Y'all heard yeah, Passer, and, of course, y'all <laughs> hear me talk about it every week, as well as my co-host, Big Roy, Raboy, Turner Rose. So, Pastor is 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 I, I'm definitely 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 excited. Like I said, to have you on. I know there's a couple of more things that I want the world to know, and I'm a mm-hmm. backtrack now. So once right. I first met you, mm-hmm. far as your church and to where it is now, yeah, can you just explain to the world the growth and the drive and will and the faith that you had or have yeah. to get you to where you are at this current state. Yeah, well, well, definitely. I, I didn't want to bring that up when you were asking about why we took you out to lunch, but really we were just trying to build our church, man. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think at that particular service, you were probably number 10 in the service. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, we didn't it was a smaller church people. at the time. Yes, yeah. sir. We, we didn't have too many people uh, at the church. We, we started back in, I think, 2006, uh, started in our living room uh, with just, you know, close friends and family members. Uh, so it was only about a handful uh, of us. And we would go literally about six more years like that before we had any resemblance of wow. a true church and true ministry. I mean, it was... Uh, we jumped from, you know, building to building, you know, renting these small little facilities, uh, you know, going to these small storefronts and all. And right. so when you came into uh, the church and to the ministry, uh, we had probably maybe about 20, 25 people there. Mm-hmm. And so we were always struggling to try and build build the church. You know, see, I when I got saved, when I confessed my call to the ministry, I was on my way out of, uh, of school, of college. And so... Mm-hmm. 
I had just gotten married, and so I didn't Shout have out the time. Shout out to Miss right. Cynthia. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have the time <laughs> or, or anything to go back into school to seminary or anything. So uh, I, I'm, as they say, uneducated when it comes to that. I never went through seminary or anything, so I didn't really learn how to truly build a church, start a church, organize and all. And I just thought, man, God has given me this gift to speak. He's given me uh, this call to preach. All I got to do is is start preaching and, and, and the floodgates will open and everybody will start coming in. And I quickly discovered wrong. That, that's not how this thing is going to go. <laughs> and so we struggled for, for many years. Our, our, our faith was tested. We were challenged in all kinds of ways. You know, it put a strain on my marriage because my wife was like, man, uh, Neil, man, maybe we need to go do something else. You know, because mm-hmm. this just ain't working. And uh, I was trying everything. As a matter of fact, I ended up, you know, quitting my job. I left coaching and teaching. I left the school district because I felt, well, if God has called me to the ministry, if he's called me to preach, this is what I need to be doing. I I don't want to have my time divided right now, spending all the time here at the school, even though I love sports, I love athletes and athletics. uh, My true call and my passion is in the ministry. And you know the life of a coach. I mean, you work 70, 80 hours plus. You always on the road traveling at the time we were in the district of san antonio so we were always on the road i didn't have time for anything let alone trying to build a church and so i ended up leaving the school district you know uh resigning from there to pursue ministry full time Mm. and my wife was like man are you crazy what are you doing (laughs) i'm leaving salary leaving benefits health insurance all kinds of things man and uh, at the time, my wife, she was a stay-at-home uh, mom at the time, and she had just finished school graduating, and she was looking to go into the workforce. So we kind of just swapped, you know, roles for a little mm-hmm. bit. She started working, and then I did some substituting and tutoring on the side of supplement income. But uh, it was a struggle because even after that, we still didn't have any growth or any sign of um, uh, any resemblance of a, a, a true organized church or ministry mm-hmm. and so it was uh, about two years ago two and a half years ago where there was this particular church their pastor was resigning retiring uh, and so they were looking for uh, a pastor we were looking for a building and God just had our paths crossed at the same time worked everything out where we could actually merge the two small churches into one and so uh, you know that was a bit of a uh, a testing of our faith as well because we weren't sure if it was going to work out. Or but pastor, six yeah. years though, man. Oh, People oh, after uh, six months want to give up, but you. Oh, and, and I would, you know. <laughs> and, and what had had us going, you know, when I told my pastor the church that we were attending before we organized, before we started, I told him I was leaving to do that. I felt God had called me to to start my own church. That was one of the uh, pieces of advice that he gave me. He said, Neil, no matter what you do don't quit okay don't quit you're gonna Mm. feel like quitting don't quit (laughs) you're gonna think you need to quit don't quit people gonna tell you you need to quit but don't quit and there were so many times in those six years of our ministry wow we felt like quitting we thought we had no other choice but to quit no other option but to quit people told us neil you you tried it you good good effort but go on and do something else but (laughs) I, 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 I believe that I had heard from God that mm. I had this calling on my life, this passion and this gift that he had given me. 
I understood that um, it, it weren't going to come easy by, by no stretch of the imagination. And if I were to quit now, then everything that I went through, everything I put my family through, it would have been for nothing. It would have all been in vain. So I was like, no, I got to see how this thing turns out. I got I to see how this thing ends. You know? right. so, so as long as somebody is willing to come through that door, I'm going to be willing to preach to them. And that's what I did. I, I, I continued to preach whether I had, you know, five people in my church, 50 people in my church, nice. 100 people in my church. It didn't matter. I was going to preach the same way. Pastor, way can I add to that, though? Yes, can sir. I add to that? That's what, and I'm glad you saying that because that's like me in this podcast game. And yeah. throughout the process, I was keeping you informed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you were you were being a blessing to me as well uh, starting this because um, I know you say I helped you out a lot, but but you're a testimony to me as well because I know your struggle. I know what you've gone through when we met, you know, the things that you were dealing with in your life, but yet you were still willing to uh, pursue the Lord and pursue the things that he had for you to continue to move forward and not be bitter, not be angry and resentful. Oh, that took your still, help, sir, and support. Oh, so man. Thank you. <laughs> That, that's what it is. That, that's why they say it's, it's iron sharpening iron. Yes, sir. Like I do, uh, you help me too. So I mean, if Merv can, can continue, if Merv can move forward, you know, you know, I, I can too. And so, yeah, we, we need each other to, to yeah, encourage. And, and that. that's that, that's 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 the, the point of all this. God didn't create us or to make us to be uh, alone or try and do this by ourselves. You know, we need a, a fellowship. We need community to help us along the way so we know hey i'm not the only one that struggled you know uh pizza you know in 20 minutes be at your house you right. know matter of fact you know i got my uh my uh wife a, a, a present from apple for christmas and i waited to the last minute you know like, like most men <laughs> do <laughs> i waited to the yes, last sir. minute went to the store they didn't have thing, anything in the store I called Apple and said, yeah, we can have it here by tomorrow. I said, man, so I can have my wife's gift here <laughs> the day before Christmas. I'm calling <laughs> two days before Christmas. You can have it the day before Christmas. And so we live in this instant society. We want a movie. We just download it now. And so when it comes to life, we think life should be like that as well. My, my dreams, my goals, my, my vision, it ought to happen right now. Right. And if it ain't happening right now, then... There's something must be wrong. Or I need to go do something else. No, that, that's not how life goes. Because as I always say, not only is God getting the blessing ready for you, he's getting you ready for the blessing. Amen. He wants to make sure that you can handle uh, what he's about to bless you with. Because if you are not ready for the blessing, you'll mess something up. And if the right. blessing's not ready for you, then it's not going to be as enjoyable or as fruitful as it could have been. So there's a timing for everything. God is more interested in your growth, in your development, in your character, in your nature, than he is about your happiness. And so when you go through the Bible, you see all kinds of people who went through things, who had to wait long periods of time before the promise came to fruition, whether it be Abraham, whether it be Joseph, from the time God gave Joseph the dreams and the vision to the time it actually came to fruition. Yes, sir. For the span of over 20 years. And so we have to keep those things in mind. It's not going to be like instant coffee, instant oatmeal, or uh, <laughs> Amazon, where it can be here the next day. I mean, yes, it's sir. It's not going to work that right. way. So 
you got to you got to be in it for the long haul. And if it's really something you believe you're called to do, you're passionate about, then you are willing to wait as long as it takes to to make it happen. Well, pastor basically, he I couldn't have said it no better. And for my <laughs> listeners that rock with me in this journey, now y'all see when I have a person like pastor that's backing me a hundred percent and just keeping me humble. But also saying, hey, if you're confident in yourself and you believe there's a calling, yeah, it's going to be people and maybe even your wife that's like, yo, what, what's up? But, hey, I oh, yeah. really believe <laughs> this is my this is my path. And uh, one last thing before we go, Pastor, that you told uh, me. You said uh-huh. make sure you pray to make sure that this is what God has for you. And if not, make sure he closed those doors and bring something that is for you, correct? Definitely. One of my favorite scriptures I live my life by is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. That simply says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Not some of them, not most of them, <laughs> not your Sunday ones, not your spiritual ones. Right. But all of your ways, you acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's that's the promise that he gives his people. And so that's what I do. I say, God, if this is what you have for me, then it's mine already. And right. There's nothing the devil or anybody else can do about it. But right. if this is not what you have for me, right. then I pray that you begin to close those doors and show me directly to where you would have me to be. Because I don't want to waste time doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. Right. And that's, that's, that's the prayer that I prayed many, many times throughout the 10 years of, of ministry. To God, if I'm not supposed to be doing this, then... Don't let anybody else come through those doors. You know, mm-hmm. just just make this well run dry, and I'll know I'll go do something else. But <laughs> he, he kept encouraging. You know? Yes, sir. You know, he kept doing things, opening doors. People come in. You know, he'll, he'll give us you know these these little tidbits uh, along the way to let us know. No, we are in the right direction, headed in the right way. We just got to keep keep grinding, and so that's what we did. But yeah, you got it. You got to seek the one who created you to know what your purpose is in life to know why you've been placed on this earth because he's given different callings for, for different reasons uh, and to different people not everybody is called to be a pastor not everybody is called to be in radio but God does call people to these things he calls them to be doctors and lawyers and athletes and actors and all kinds of people because he wants to be represented all over the world in every single industry and so when you get along with, with your creator and you realize why you've been created your purpose for being and you know that and god is giving you not only gift for it he's giving you skills for it he's giving you opportunity for it and he's giving you a passion for it yes sir then uh don't don't let anybody take that away from you because uh the one way that i knew that i was called to the ministry is uh it wouldn't leave me alone you know (laughs) i tried i tried to, to ignore it i tried to go do something else but it just wouldn't leave me alone and and finally, I said, well, this is it. This is what I got to do. <laughs> so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, world listeners, I know, man, is it, is we got to cut this puppy short. <laughs> but, Pastor, I, I do truly appreciate you, man, for just everything that you've helped me in my life and we elaborate more for those listeners on, on the flavor, too. So if y'all uh-huh. haven't heard us yet, in more depth or you like what you hear check us out on the flagrant 2 podcast titled believe 
and be long. But Pastor, just let the world know how they can find you before we uh, before we call it a a day. Yeah, we uh, of course uh, on Facebook. Uh, Believe Church is the name of the church, name of the ministry. Again, uh, uh, my name is Cornelius Winchester, but. Uh, everybody calls me Neil since the time I can remember. And then I, the I'm one of the handful that calls them Pastor Corn. Pastor but hey. Corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, look at some. And how those shirts working out for you, too, man? You still represent the, the shirts, MFL you know? Global? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I always get comments, you know, uh, about them as well. They, they want to know what MFL Global is all about. So I get a chance <laughs> to, to tell them as well. But yes, <laughs> yeah, no, I love the shirts. But uh, also, uh, uh, email. Uh, ctwinchester at gmail.com anybody uh, like to hit me up uh, through email you can do that as well but uh, Facebook is, is where you find the ministry nice nice yeah. nice any any last remarks no just uh, glad to be able to do this man it's been fun I'm, I'm hoping that it's been a blessing not only to yourself but to, to your listeners hopefully uh, they'll be encouraged to uh to do the same in whatever area aspect um, the Lord has placed on their hearts to do it as well. So I appreciate you giving me uh, time to, to share today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, world listeners, <laughs> hey, man, the big homie got to go. But you can find me personally on Twitter and IG at isdmurf. Email isdmurf at yahoo.com. You can also find the show Facebook.com backslash Wide Not Sports. You can also hear it on all major platform platforms, including our Heart Radio and Spotify. Until next time, until next week, and I'm saluting. Keep grinding. Keep the faith. Keep on